Want to know what really goes into planning the perfect kitchen or bathroom? Well, hello and welcome. This is How to Buy a Kitchen or Bathroom, the podcast brought to you by these3rooms.com. And I'm your host, Lindsay Blair. By day, I am the editor of Kitchens, Bedrooms and Bathrooms magazine and these three rooms. And now I'm here on this podcast chatting you through the ins and outs of getting the perfect kitchen or bathroom. And so far this season, I've covered how to choose a worktop for your kitchen, tips for buying a kitchen, how much it should really cost for true value for money. Plus, I've asked designers all about baths, hubs, utility rooms and so much more so do make sure to go back and catch up if you've missed any episodes. But today I've got my kitchen hat on and I've lined up an expert who is a self-confessed obsessive over this week's topic, extraction. I've been lucky enough to chat to many, many kitchen designers as part of my job. And let me tell you, get them on the topic of extraction and whoa, they'll have a lot to say. So today we will talk about why extraction is so important in a kitchen, how to choose the right type of extractor to best suit your space and some of the latest innovations like extractor hubs. Stay tuned. are a regular podcast listener you know how this works by now but I'm going to tell you anyway it would really mean a lot if you go on to your podcast provider rate and review this episode I love to know what you guys think and then don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes welcome to the podcast Sophia Boonstrand who is the CEO of Solar Kitchens and responsible for the beautiful Scandi inspired kitchens that come out of the Solar Studios if you haven't checked them out on Instagram I definitely would go and have a look so hello down the line to Sophia thank you for joining me today hello I am very grateful to be here lovely to chat to you Lovely to chat to you. Now, in my intro, I must admit, I've du- you've been dubbed the self-confessed extraction obsessive because you <laughs> told me it is a topic that you are very, very keen on. Isn't that right? That That is right. Extraction is not considered to be a very sexy topic, but it's so important. It really is a subject that is very close to my heart. So I'm um, uh, I was thrilled when you when you asked me to to talk about it. I think you're pretty happy with the the new title of being obsessed with extraction because it's true. It's so important, isn't it? It is. It's key, and it's so easy that it's forgotten about in the kitchen design and just thought about it later on, which is a shame because it's such a key function to a to a good kitchen. Yeah. So before we get into why it's so important, do you want to just explain to our listeners? What do we mean by extraction? So most people will think about a cooker hood. So it's basically a cooker hood that pulls out the air from the kitchen. And with that air goes uh, steam, grease and fumes from when you're cooking. And it basically keeps your room, smell less of food and being less greasy and less, uh, less steamy. Less greasy, less steamy. I mean, yes, please. We like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we like that. So why is it so important? Apart from the obvious, you know, you don't want to be in a greasy, steamy room, do you? No, exactly. Well, its main purpose is to reduce the smell in, uh, in the room and the house. And it's becoming increasingly important because 
the kitchen has changed. The kitchen as a concept has changed so much over the years. 15, 20 years ago, the kitchen was a, a little dark room where you cooked and closed the door. Today, the kitchen is, for most people, it's the heart of the, uh, of the home. It's more or less always open plan, the kitchens we do, uh, we do today. I would say probably 85% of all kitchens we do are open plan. So you have your kitchen, your dining area, your living room, snug TV area, it's, it's all open. And then, of course, if you're going to cook in there and it's actually being a functional kitchen, cooking fish or curries or woks or, or bacon or whatever it might be, you don't want that whole lovely area to, to smell of food for, for days on end. You don't want the grease and the steam to, to go into the room. Also, a lot of the kitchens uh, now have a beautiful roof light and beautiful lighting over the island where the, where the hob is. And uh, you don't want the windows up in the, the glass, up in the roof light to steam up and grease up. And same with the, with the lighting. So it's kind of the kitchen has changed a lot. And uh, with that, extraction has become more, more important. Yeah, you mentioned the open plan and really that's something that always sticks in my mind because you're right, when you're cooking things like bacon and fish is the, the classic example, you don't want your cushions and your sofa in your sort of open plan living space to start smelling like the food you're cooking. No. So should you start thinking about the extraction when you're planning the, the room and the layout of the whole space and the layout of the kitchen rather than later on, as you, you mentioned before? Yes, is the, is the short and very definite answer to that. The reason is that I know we're going to talk a little bit later about different types of cooker hoods, if they are uh, vented out through a duct or if they are recirculated. But I will touch on it a little bit here because it's so important. As a general rule, an extractor that is ducted out to outside the property into the to the air is generally more efficient than a recirculated cooker hood and a recirculated cooker hood is where the air does not leave the house but it goes through an extra filter and then the air comes back into the uh, the room again and the main difference is that with a recirculated extractor you don't need to run all the ducting out to the to the outside. But because the vented extractor, so the one that has the ducting, generally is, is more efficient. And our recommendation would always be if you can duct it out, it's better. Then you have to think about how is that duct going to run? The ducting for the extractions used to be quite small, maybe 100 millimeter, but now all of the extractor company require a minimum of 150 millimeter diameter of the duct, sometimes bigger, 200 or even bigger. And that's a very big round pipe that has to run from the cooker hood outside. A lot of people do extensions and additions and things like that. And uh, if you're then going to try to run your ducting, from wherever the extractor is to the outside, there might be steel beams in the way, there might be um, ceiling beams that sit in the wrong direction. There may be all sorts of different reasons that you, you can't physically run the ducting from where you want to have the extractor 
to outside. And there are also loads of, uh, of rules of how long the ducts are going to be and how many bends you can have, etc., etc. Yeah, so you really need to think about the, the, the extraction right at the start because it could have such an impact on the building, especially if you're doing a, a large renovation project like an extension, like you said. You really need to think about, you know, all of the intricacies of where it's actually going to go um, and how that's going to impact your layout or, you know, even your foundations sometimes. Exactly. Absolutely. Because if you have a downdraft, of course, the ducting has to go in the floor and that duct has to be positioned before the concrete is poured into the foundation, which may be half a year or even longer before the kitchen is actually going in. And the problem also, if you don't think about the extraction early on, is that you start to plan your kitchen. You have all those great ideas of what you want to do. And then you realize quite late down the line that you can't actually get the duct out. And then what happens is you have to start from scratch again. You have to completely change your layout, maybe, or completely rethink what you want to do. And it just takes so much more time. And it's just backtracking and people get disappointed when they realize that they can't do what they want to do because of the extraction. That's why it's really key to establish in the beginning of the project what type of cooking is the family doing? Because that also affects things. If you do cook a lot of fish and bacon and and a lot of smelly food, the extraction is going to be more important than for a family that maybe just put a cook vegetarian or someone that doesn't really use the kitchen that much, just use the microwave. I see. So how do you, you know, you're thinking about the the type of food that you cook or even the frequency in which you cook. And then I know that, you know, every extractor has an extraction rate. So how does that work? And how do you work out the extraction rate that you need for your space? Because I'm guessing it differs depending on the size of the space. It does differ. It, it doesn't only differ with the size of the space. It also differs with the type of extraction you use. The kind of traditional classic way of looking at, at extraction and how much extraction you need is to take the uh, cubic meter of a room, so length times width times height, and then you times that by 10, and that gives kind of your extraction rate. But today, because we use so much different types of cooker hoods, for example, with downdrafts, the extraction rate doesn't really apply because with a downdraft, they have to catch the fumes and the steam straight from the pan and it doesn't really matter how much air it pulls in from the rest of the kitchen as long as it it catches the steam. So looking at the extraction rate as a number is not always applicable. So if you're looking at an overhead extractor or a cooker hood or something that's going to be recessed in the ceiling it's probably more apt to look at the extraction rate and to work that out. So is as a homeowner and if I'm doing a bit of research can I find that information, you know, on product labels or in the specs if I'm looking online, that sort of thing? You can find that on the labels, but then you have to think about how applicable it is to your um, your space. So as you say, if you have a, a normal cooker hood that sits above the hob, then the extraction rate will be more applicable to your um, uh, to your situation than if you have a, a downdraft. And what I would always recommend is that 
talk to your kitchen designer, discuss this with your kitchen designer, and they would will help you. A lot of the manufacturers of extractors, they have specialist ventilation teams. So we can send in information to them, discuss the particular setup of the, of the room, uh, and then they can advise of what you actually need. Because it's, it's also if you have a classic hood, so a hood that hangs down over your um, over your hob, it's not only the extraction rate of the cooker hood, it will also depend on the size of the ducting, the length of the ducting, and uh, how many vents it is on your ducting. So there are loads of different things you have to take into account to actually see whether it's going to be uh, suitable or not. Yeah, you mentioned the bends and the ducting, and that's one of the things that we often write about on the magazine when we talk, we write about extraction because that can impact the noise as well. And I think one of the things people worry about with the cooker hoods and extraction in general is uh, we've probably all experienced that where you put a, an extractor on full blast to get the fumes out and it's deafening because it's so noisy. How do you get around that? Are the modern fixtures quieter or do you need to look at the, the number of bends in the ducting as I've heard before? Yes, well, it's, it's tricky because an extractor is run by a motor and a motor will always be noisy. You can't really get around it, unfortunately. So an, an extractor motor will always make a noise. The options are, there are some different options. So, and, and if you go out and buy a normal extractor on the market or in the kitchen shop, the motor sits inside the actual cooker hood. But there are some other options. You can have what we call remote motors or you can an inline motor. So you, you actually take the motor of the extractor and you put it somewhere else. So you can either put it outside the house, so where the duct goes out, or you can put it somewhere between the, where the cooker hood is and the outside of the house. So, for example, if, if the ducting runs into a utility and then uh, before it goes out to, to the outside of the house, the motor could sit in a cupboard in the utility. And in that way, you will actually, when you turn the cooker hood on, you won't hear the motor so much. That's a really great tip. It is a great tip. The only thing to think about with this is that because it's still the motor and it will still make noise wherever it is, if you put it outside your house, depending on your situation, if you have neighbours close by, it may be that the motor will annoy the neighbours or your own family if, if it's just outside the house and, and that's where you have your, uh, your sun trap and someone wants to sit and read a book and someone is cooking and turn the motor on and it's just above the head. So again, you just have to think a little bit about the practicality when you use an, an, an inline or an uh, external uh, remote motor to see whether it's going to be practical, where the noise is. I see. And with a recirculating model that has everything in that one sort of mechanism, right? So are there any noise concerns around those types of extractors? A recirculated extractor will always have the motor in the cooker hood because you don't run the, the duct away. The motor has to sit in the, in the extractor. So the noise will always be where the actual extractor is. It's actually not much noisier than a vented option. It's, it's pretty similar. It may be a little bit of a difference, but not much. Okay, well, that's good to know. That's reassuring. Um, now, let me ask you about the different types of extractor 
available because you know as you mentioned Kuka Hood are the one that we're probably most familiar with because that's you know the more sort of traditional option but there are lots of different products available now aren't there so let's start with the Kuka Hood so that is literally the hood above the hob right? Correct a hood above the hob and that can be either sitting on a wall if your hob is along a wall or it can come down from the ceiling if you have the hob on an island. And it can be what we call a free hanging cooker hood. So you see the whole metal or black structure or whatever it might be, or it can be integrated. So it sits inside a cupboard behind doors. You don't really see it. But the whole function is it sits above the hob. Now, one of the, the innovations quite some years now is to have an extractor mounted on the ceiling and sometimes it can be totally invisible almost you know to have it slick with the ceiling or you can have it boxed in would you class that as a a kooka hood but slightly different to the traditional sort of hood design or is that called something else we usually just call it ceiling extraction we used a lot of it over the years as you say they're very good because they disappear they are very very sleek if you have your hob in an island, most people don't want to have a big cooker hood hanging down because it's you then can't have any pendants and it kind of you hit your head in it and it could look quite unsightly. So the flush fitted ceiling extraction, they're a really, really good option. The problem with them is that when you look at them from, um, from inside the room, it's just basically a very thin metal or white sheet that you see. But of course, above it, you will need the motor and the ducting and, and, and all of that. So it takes quite a lot of space in the ceiling. And depending on the situation in the, in the house, it may be very difficult to actually get everything up into the ceiling, which you need to get up there. We worked in a lot of Victorian houses, as you could could imagine here in here in London, and uh, you would usually have the ceiling joist running across the house and not lengthwise. And then, if you want to duct the ceiling extraction out to outside the house, you can't really go past the ceiling beams because they are in the way. So it's just one of those things that has to be really carefully thought about before it's planned to make sure that the extractor can actually get into the the space where it's supposed to be and that the duct can go out. And we always advise that the client should have a, a second option if we can't get it flush, that we build down a box, a little box where the ceiling hood sits. So it's still quite discreet. But when you start out the project, it's always impossible to, to promise that it will sit uh, it will sit flush in the ceiling. Yeah, I mean, it's so important, isn't it, to think about the kitchen layout, because if you are having an island or a peninsula and you have your hob on there, you know, you might not want to have a cooker hood hanging down to block the, the sight line from wherever you're standing cooking to the rest of the space, whether that's an open plan living diner or just the dining area or breakfast bar. It's important to think about the bigger picture, isn't it? Absolutely. And uh, as you say, there are very few people who want to have the cooker hood hanging down over an island. I think over the years and the hundreds and hundreds of kitchens we've done, I think we only ever installed two or three cooker hoods that actually hang down over the island. 
Yeah, I mean, you can get some really statement designs that look almost like pendant lights or works of art in their own right. But again, you've got the issue of the sightline, which, you know, as you say, not a lot of people like. And not only that, because the uh, the ones you talk about that look like a like a crystal ball or a, or, or a lamp or something like that, the problem with them is that they are not usually as, as efficient because you, they can't be ducted out, uh, obviously, because if they look like a lamp or, a, or, or something like that can't run any ducting so if you do proper cooking heavy cooking they are not really good good practical option that's excellent to know now another one you mentioned earlier is downdraft extraction so what is that downdraft it's uh, basically what it says on the tin it drags the the steam and the fume down rather than up so uh, you have um, an area in the worktop and there are a few different options. You can either have it behind the hob or you can have it built into the, the hob where the steam is sucked down in, uh, into the worktop or into the system instead of going up. They were introduced quite some time ago, many, many, many years ago. And the first models that came out, they always sat behind the the hob so you had your four or five ring hob and then you had the downdraft behind it and they used to be that you press a button and it comes up from the worktop maybe 50 centimeter or so and it sucks in the steam and the, the the fume from there the problem with those is that you have a big motor in them. So if you put them, for example, in a in a run along a wall, it was very difficult to fit them in because they need so much depth. So they work much better on an on an island, but again, they take take up quite a lot of lot of space. And then um, a few years ago, they developed the ones that where you have the extractor integrated into the hob, and it was it was really Bora, uh, the brand Bora, that started uh, started this trend. Yeah, they're really popular now, aren't they? They're, well, they're certainly growing in popularity. Yes, they are. They are very good, actually. And most of the other appliance manufacturers have now started to make similar similar products. But uh, Bora has been doing it for for the longest, and they've managed to manufacture a very, very efficient and sleek product that actually works really, really well. Yeah, and for that's literally where the hub, be that an induction hub, for an example, has the extraction built into it centrally, or you know, down down the middle strip. Exactly, and the brilliance with that model is that. When you have the the extraction centered between your hobs, so imagine you have a four ring hob and you have the have the extraction hole in the middle, that means that where the fumes are sucked down, it's equally close to all your all your four hobs. When you have the downdraft, the old type or the other type of downdraft that sits behind your hob, they are usually very efficient for the two rings that are towards the back of your hob because that's closer to where the air is sucked down. But the two rings that are closer to the front of the hob, they are then much further away from where the air is sucked down and the efficiency is less. So 
this new system which which Bora started and and which a lot of the manufacturers are now doing where the extraction is very cl- close to every single ring is very good very efficient one of the things extractor hubs are, you know, definitely a, a great innovation and something that I'm seeing a lot more people put into their kitchen projects. And we have a lot of interest in that, you know, when we're asked about products on the magazine, extractor hubs comes up very frequently. But one of the things I do get asked frequently is do they actually work or are they a gimmick and will they work in a larger kitchen? And I can actually categorically say yes. And the reason is that I have one at home. <laughs> oh, okay, great. Yeah. So we, we've got a tried and tested person a here. Very, great. Very tried and tested person. So we sell a lot of them. We were talking about it in the studio today, and we probably do a downdraft in nearly 75% of all kitchens now. Okay, that is interesting. So the cooker hood is sort of a more old-fashioned choice now well we we still do them and in some some circumstances it's more appropriate as as i started saying when we when we started to talk you have to start by thinking about how is your family cooking how is it going to work for you and what's more most pr- appropriate but we do see um that it is functioning for for most people and particularly when you have the extraction in the uh, in the island so I do uh, myself a lot of cooking. So we changed uh, the kitchen here in, in my house uh, about a year ago. And my old extraction was a standard overhead cooker hood. But we couldn't duct out here. So it was recirculated. And it never worked very well when we were cooking woks and fish and smelly food. It did smell all over the house. And instead, we put in a, a downdraft borer. And uh, regardless of what we cook or fry, it works super effectively. And the one we have is actually recirculated, so it's not even ducted out. So I can say 100% it does work. Okay, brilliant. Good to know. That should reassure a lot of people. Now, I think I probably know the answer to this already, but what when you're working on Kitchen Project, what is your preferred mode of extraction to, to recommend to clients? Well... It's difficult to say, actually, because, as I said, it depends on the situation and it depends on what design the client wants to have. If you have a situation where the client wants to have the hob by a wall and if that's an external wall and they cook a lot of smelly things, an overhead extractor, cooker, normal cooker hood that's vented out is a very, very good option. But if you have a client who wants to have the cooker hood in in the island and the hob in the island and we're struggling with finding a way to to duct it out then a recirculated downdraft would be what we absolutely would uh, would recommend so it depends a little bit on the on the situation instead of just being saying you should always go with with x y y and z and that's why it's so important to start to think about those questions early on in the process and and think about what's the structure of the house and what type of food do we cook and is it open plan or not and where do we want to have our hob before you pin down which which extraction is going to be the best for you 
Yeah, it's really interesting because we keep talking about smelly food and it's probably something you don't necessarily think about, do you? When you're you're deciding what to have for dinner, you're not really thinking about how smelly it's going to be until you're thinking about extraction. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it's it's one of those things when you start your 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 big kitchen project and your um, your renovation project, you want to think about the colors and the style and the beautiful cabinetry and all the clever internals and your new lovely um, fridge and oven and all of that. Extraction is just boring, <laughs> but um, <laughs> but uh, I want to I want to promote extraction. How important it is and how important it is to think about it earlier. Because if you think about it early on, then it's done sorted. You know your kitchen will be functioning to the best it can. And then you can go off and think about all the other lovely details. Yeah, well, exactly. You don't want a beautiful kitchen and for it to to be a smelly kitchen, do you? Let's face it. Now, this might be a bit controversial, but is there ever a case where a kitchen can do without an extractor? Well, the difficulty is actually with building regs because building regs require extraction. The situation we see a lot for the moment is particularly new built is where um, houses have mechanical ventilation or heat exchange. So the the whole ventilation and heating of, of the house uh, is set up through a system where the airflow goes in and out through the house. And in those situations, if you put in an extractor that is ducted out, that will interfere or can interfere with the mechanical ventilation. So if you have a house with a mechanical ventilation, the starting point is that you need to have a recirculated uh, cooker hood. And in that situation, it's very important to work together with the mechanical uh, engineer who's doing the, the mechanical ventilation to work out what extraction is going to be the best, how it's going to, to be ducted or recirculated and, and, and the power and all of, all of that to, to make sure it's not going to, to interfere. We have had also a few kitchens where we've had what we call a remote extractor. So it's, it's a ventilation system that you put not in connection with a hob, but it's put further away in the kitchen and, and it pulls out uh, the air. And uh, that can be okay for building regulation. It can be okay for, for, for certain people. But um, it, it's not something we really recommend if someone is actually using the kitchen to, to, to cook properly because it won't take out the steam and the grease and all of that because it just sits too far away. I see. There really is so much to think about when you when you talk about extraction you know, you've shared so much valuable advice and I'm sure everyone listening is really thinking now, if they didn't think before, how important it is to really think about extraction early to make sure that, you know, as we said, you get a beautiful kitchen, but that it actually functions perfectly as well. And you're not going to end up with a, a smelly, steamy space. Let's be honest. Exactly. Now, I ask everyone at the end of every episode what their golden rule is. And I want to know from you what your golden rule is for kitchen design. Well, there are loads of things that uh, that are that loads of golden rules, but I think the the main thing that go back to the core of kitchen des- design, and which is the reason why I started Solar Kitchens and uh, and started doing doing kitchens instead of being a lawyer, 
is that it's to make the kitchen work efficient, efficiently, to make it work for the family who lives in, in the kitchen and it, to, to really make the kitchen a space that function. So the kitchen has to look gorgeous. It, it has to be beautiful and beautifully executed, but it also has to function. And for the kitchen to function, that requires an awful lot of planning and thinking ahead. So my advice uh, to anyone who's starting the kitchen journey is to make sure that you take enough time at the beginning of the project to think about what your what your absolute important requirements are, uh, how you want the space to function, and what annoys you with your, your current space. And it may be so different for different families. So if you have a family of, of six where everyone is cooking at the same time, you will need a very different layout and a very different type of kitchen compared to if you have a family where where it's one person cooking and uh, the rest of the family, it's more, they may, may be very social and they may be in the area, but it's one person cooking. And it's also depends on what type of food you're cooking, if you like to bake or if you like to do woks or all these important uh, decisions for the individual individual family is so key to flush out in the beginning before you start to plan your kitchen to make sure that the, the, the kitchen works for you. Yeah, and that's what it's all about, isn't it? Making sure that it works for you, the people that live there, you and your family. Well, Sophia, thank you so much. You have certainly lived up to your new title of extraction expert, amongst other things, of <laughs> course. So thank you so much for sharing all of your expertise. It's been really lovely to chat and there's so much to think about um, about extraction. And I'm going to go off and have a look at some of those great extractor hubs um, because they are certainly an innovation that I'm sure will be around for many, many years to come. So thank you and speak to you again soon. Thank you very much. Well, we went into this episode saying we'll find out about why extraction is so important. And I think you'll agree that we found out that it really, really is. As Sophia explained, thinking about extraction as soon as you start planning your project is crucial, particularly if you're doing structural renovations, because there are a lot of hidden parts involved in good extraction. Like with all things kitchen planning, the more forward thinking you can do and the more time you spend planning, the better. And in this case, even thinking about the food you cook and what it smells like. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast to help other renovators find it. In a few episodes time, I'm going to be answering all of your questions. So if you are planning a new kitchen or bathroom and have a dilemma you need some help with, please email your question to me at hello at these three rooms.com and hopefully I'll be able to help you out. For now, thank you again for listening and join me next time for more of how to buy a kitchen or bathroom, the podcast. <laughs>